The Word of God says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, ye even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in Thee. So today I want to preach to you on this thought here. How to score front row tickets to the glory of God. How to score front row tickets to the glory of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank You, Lord, for... Uh, just doing what you've done for us and giving us another day to worship and praise you, God. Every day we should be desiring to do something for you. Lord, every day we should be desiring to live in your presence, Lord. And that's what I want to talk to these men about today. Your presence, God, and how important your presence is. Lord, help me. Speak through me, Lord. Let me die to self, Lord. Uh, forgive me if I haven't sinned in between me and you, God. Take it away from me, Lord. Let me get as low as I can get. I don't want people to see the turtle. I want people to see God Almighty. Lord, help me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I got a thought uh, last Sunday. That's when this message came to me. And I got a thought and it really, really bothered me. Um, people all over the world, all over the world travel miles and miles and miles away to concerts. They go to Broadway shows. They go to sporting games. And I mean sometimes even across the country. I know some. I know a, a man that a few months ago went up and went to a Vikings game. I know some people that went to Oklahoma for a music festival. I know people that regularly go to Knoxville every single week for a football game. Some even pay tons of money to sit front row at these places. Who likes to be front row? I like to be front row. I mean, front row gets you close up and personal. Front row gets you more of an experience. Um, there's nothing wrong with this. These people, there's nothing wrong with them doing this. But I think to myself, would some of these same people, would they travel that far for God? Would they pay that much for God? Better yet, do these people who spend these, this ton of money and traveling and getting these seats, do they know there's a local church with empty seats right in front of the presence of God Almighty? And they don't even have to pay a thing for it. Don't have to travel for it. 
We are talking about the God that created hands to shoot a basketball. The God that created arms to swing a baseball bat. We're talking about the God who created legs to break tackles and score a touchdown. The God who created their favorite singers' voices and gave them the ability to sing in the first place. The God who created a human conscience to be able to remember lines, to be able to even act in a Broadway show. They all could be flat on their back in a hospital bed. Every one of them. If it wasn't for God's mercy. If it wasn't for the protection of God Almighty. And while many people are down the road at the ball game, on Sunday shouting and hollering, on Sunday morning in the church houses, some of them remain empty. Some of them ain't filled and quiet as can be. What is wrong with that picture? The God of the universe. The God of the universe. He deserves to be worshipped. He deserves it. And you can get front row seats to His glory today. If you want. And I believe this psalm is the key. I believe if you look at this psalm, it tells you exactly how to get in the presence of God. You say, God is everywhere. He's, he's with them at the, the ball games. He's with them at the concerts. He's with them at the Broadway shows. And I would say, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. God is there because God is omnipresent. But let me tell you today, there's a huge difference in God's omnipresence and God's manifest presence. There's a huge difference. There's a big difference. Jonah fled from the presence of God. Is what it says. Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of God. Of course they're not hiding themselves from the omnipresence of God. Where Adam and Eve went and hid, God was still there. Where Jonah went and fled, God was still there. Omnipresence is saying God is there all the time. But the manifest presence is when God starts to reveal Himself to you. For example, let's say, uh, let's say at a church service, let's say at a redemption house on Thursday nights, there's a billionaire in the congregation every week. There's a billionaire in the congregation every week. Well, he's omnipresent. He's there. But let's say one Sunday, the billionaire gets up and starts handing money out to people. billionaire's not just omnipresent. Now he's manifested his presence. Now he's making his presence known. He's showing up in a way where it speaks to us. Think about that. God Almighty in heaven revealing Himself, revealing His glory to us. That word for presence in Hebrew is face. The presence is when God's face Looks upon the service. Having God's face smile on us. That's an expression of His blessing and love and favor. When God's manifest presence is in the building, you'll know it. And I'll tell you, it's better than any sporting event you can go to. Better than any concert you can buy tickets to. When God shows up, we need to seek the face of God this morning. We need to seek the presence of God this morning. We need to seek the glory of God this morning. 
First step on how to score front row tickets to the glory of God. Number one is to desire the presence. Look at verses one and two. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. That word amiable means lovely. How much he loved the presence of God. How much he loved the house of God. The tabernacles. That's the dwelling place of God. That's where God dwelled back then. The psalmist is saying, Oh, how lovely. How I love the dwelling place of you, God Almighty. My soul longeth. That word longeth. It means strong desire. He has a strong desire. So to the point he's growing pale because his desire is so strong for the presence of God. Even fainteth to the point it fails of strength because he desires God so much. He's out of strength. He's, he's finished. He's been consumed. And then it says, his heart and flesh cry to the living God. God is not dead. God is not dead. God is not dead. God is not dead. Hallelujah, God is not dead. That right there should bring you joy. Joy. That we serve a living God. A God that can show up. A God that's not just dead up there. He's alive. Aren't you glad you have a God who's not dead today? He is alive. He's alive. He said it's so long as his flesh cries, and we know his spirit desired the presence of God. Your spirit always desires the presence of God. Presence of God. So what the psalmist is saying is basically my body, my soul, and my spirit. That's all of a man right there. Body, soul, and spirit. Desire God. All of me. All of me desire God. Now that's revival when even your flesh wants to God wants to be around God. Even your flesh don't want the things of the world. Even your flesh wants God. Oh, talk about getting stirred when your flesh starts desiring the living God. All of me, God, desires you. Oh, how I love you, Lord. This speaks to all who come to the house of God today. They must come without their primary focus upon the programs, upon the social connections, upon the entertainment or excitement, or even self-improvement. They must come with the primary expectation of meeting with the living God. The living God. And that living God will manifest His presence. Even when you go... I, even this classroom... You, need, you guys need to come in here with the desire, not of yourself, not of your flesh, but for the desire to speak to the living God. For the desire for the living God to speak to you. You couldn't come in here with anything else on your mind except to speak to God Almighty. It's through Him. He's the one that brings change. He's the one that brings peace. He's the one that brings strength. But you've got to come in with that desire. You've got to desire it. If you don't desire it, you're not going to get nothing. Do you all desire the presence this morning? Do you desire it? That living God will manifest His presence if you desire it. Desire is important when you're wanting someone to be there. In the terms of the concert, those singers would not be singing if no one desired them to sing. It wouldn't make any money. 
At a football game, they wouldn't play in front of a crowd if there was no crowd to pay a ticket price. Better yet, they wouldn't even have a stadium in the city if the city didn't desire the stadium to be there. They would go to some other city that did desire it. If Recovering Soldiers Ministries doesn't desire the presence of the Lord, God's going to go somewhere else. If Elizabeth in Tennessee doesn't desire the presence of the Lord, revival's going to start somewhere else. If Tennessee doesn't desire the presence of God, revival's going to start in another state. If the United States of America doesn't desire the presence of God, then God's going to turn His back on America. And that's what's happening. We're seeing it more and more and more. As time goes on, there's less and less of the manifest presence of God. Yes, God is here. But is His manifest presence in America like it was 50 years ago? No, it's not. I believe the only reason God is still showing favor on us is because there's some people in select parts of America that are still have the desire for His presence. This is why some cities we see revival break loose. We've got one up in Kentucky at that, at that college. We've seen revival break loose because there were some people that desired the presence. Uh, in Newland, North Carolina, revival a few years ago, people desired the presence. And you can go up there and you walk on the property and feel the presence of God and wonder what's going on. You can feel it. God is still in the saving business. Amen. Amen. Are you one of those scattered across America today desiring the presence of the living God? Why? Now let me ask you a question. Why should we desire the presence of God? What's the reason we should desire that presence? The psalmist tells us why. And that's why I love this psalm. Didn't even know it existed until I started studying the Word. Thank you, Lord. What's so good about the presence of God? What does it do for you? Look at verses 3 and 4. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house. And to swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her, her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in the house. They will be still praising thee. Notice what the psalmist is saying here. He is saying, he's, he's saying in the presence of God, there is stability for the family. And that's the first reason right there why we should... Desire the presence. Because there's stability for your family. Even the birds make their nests at the house of the Lord. The sparrow is an example of a bird of small insignificance. And the swallow is a picture of a, bird, of a, a restlessness. There is a, the insignificant person has a place at the house of the Lord. The restless person has a place of rest at the altars of God. Anyone can find a spot at Lord's presence. Look at verse 4. It says, Blessed are they that dwell in the house. Hey, the local church is important to God. I've heard so many people say, You don't need church to be saved. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to have a, uh, go to church. I've got my relationship with God. Well, can I say boldly to those people that there is no desire for the presence of the living God? There's no desire. You might not find a presence at some churches, but go to another church. Go to the church that God leads you to. God wants you to be part of a church. When you leave this ministry, when you leave this ministry, I'm talking to you all today, when you leave, find a church. Go to a church regularly. God wants you in church. Promise you God wants you in church. Because there's stability for your family in church. Get your family in church. 
Others around you desire the presence. Things start happening. Stability starts working in your family. The problem today is we give kids too many choices. Too many choices. Do you want to go to church tonight? No, I want to play my game. No, I got stuff I got to do. Children shouldn't have choices. Do they have choices to brush their teeth? Do they have choices to take a bath? Do they have choices to go to school? Why are we giving them a choice to go to church? Why are we giving them a choice whether they want to be a boy or a girl? Kids shouldn't have choices. Especially when their stability for the family would be offered. No. They should have a choice. They shouldn't have a choice for the best thing that ever happened to them. That's, being, that's growing up. The birds make their nest in the presence of the Lord. They raise their kids in the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, the best thing you'll ever do... How many of you have got kids in here? Anybody got kids? Okay, we've got some people that's got kids in here. I'm telling you what, the best thing you'll ever do is when you get out of here is raise your family in the presence of the Lord. Blessed are they that dwell in the house. And it says they will sti- be still praising thee. That, that means always. They're going to keep on praising. They're going to keep on g- giving God glory. The more you're in church, the more you're going to keep on praising. The presence of God will make you start praising His name. And when you look back at how He's helped you with your family, notice verse 5. Another reason to desire the presence of the Lord. Not just stability for the family. Not just stability for the family, but strength for the feeble. Strength for the feeble. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them. The psalmist does not rely on self or the world for strength, but on God. He considers himself a visitor, a traveler, a pilgrim in this world. His true strength and treasure are in the world to come. The verse says, in whose heart are the ways of them. The psalmist is talking about men and women who traveled and would make the pilgrimage to Zion to be in the presence of the Lord at the temple. They desired the presence so much that they traveled to get there. If you're saved today, you're just traveling. Can I tell you? You're just a traveling through. This world is not our home. I'm just a passing through. And the psalmist is saying, blessed is the man who gets his strength from God and makes the journey to Zion. Makes that journey. But there's going to be valleys. Can I tell you that? Because look at verse number 6. Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Not only should we desire the presence of God because He offers stability for the families and strength for the feeble, but we should desire the presence of God because we can go through storms without fear. We can go through storms without fear. Can you, do you believe that? you believe you can go through a storm in life without fear? During the pilgrimage to Zion, the people would have to make their way through the valley of Baca. That word Baca means weeping and sorrow and pain and tears. Can I tell you today, this life that we're living in is nothing more than the valley of Baca. We're going through weeping. We're going through pain. We're going through tears. We're going through struggle. We're going through hardships. This life is going to have that. We're going through suffering. We're going through hard times. But do you know what the presence of God offers you? It offers you peace. Peace that I can't sit here and explain to you. Peace that shows up when your grandmother dies. Who you thought you'd go crazy and 
and weep over and not be able to make it through her death, but you didn't shed a tear. Peace that when your, your cousin dies unexpectedly and tragically in a motorcycle accident, you don't even shed a tear. I can't explain the peace of God. I can't explain that. I can't explain it. Because in, it, I, it, I just have peace about the situation. I have peace. God is the God that gives peace. He eliminated my fear through the storm I was going through. He eliminated it. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? When the very same Jesus, He's always so near. He lives in my heart. He hears me when I cry. I'll call on His name. Till the storm passes by. There's no fear in the storm with Jesus. It's, it's amazing how He can give you that peace. Call on His name. He can do with the cancer patient. He can, they just told them they have weeks left to live. He can give them peace. The mother that just lost their child to a drunk driver. He can give them peace. Moses, even in his wilderness, even when God, he didn't know what God was doing. He desired the presence of God. Exodus 33, 18 says, And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And God said, you can see my back. Even in our wilderness, we should still desire God, who is able to take us out in an instant. Just as quick as that, He can take you out of the storm. Peace. Don't go through Baca alone. Don't go through Baca alone. Are you having trouble in your marriage? Well, why don't you bring your issues to the one that invented marriage? Are you having depression problems? Come learn from the one that says there will be joy in the morning. Are you having trouble sleeping? Well, come seek the one that if he wanted to, he can make you sleep for days. Seriously. He's the one that's able to do it. He's the one that made it all. When we're going through issues, bring it all to him. He loves when we bring it all to him. Drop an anchor in the storm you're sailing through and you'll find peace. Start dropping anchors in the Word of God. Start dropping anchors in the rough seas that you're going through. And get rooted in Christ. And before you know it, Jesus will be saying, Peace be still. The valley of Baca was said to be dry, but the psalmist says, God will make it a well. And the rain will fill the pools. God will still bless us with fountains of grace and mercy every day through His presence. His grace is enough, is what the Bible says. In God's manifest presence, He's able to eliminate fear during storms. Do you believe it this morning? A depressed man can turn into a happy man. A prideful man can turn into a humble man. A lost man can turn into a saved man. All by being in the presence of God. Which brings me to verse number 7. We should desire the presence of God because He brings salvation to the fallen. It says they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. Hey, listen up. You're not staying in the valley this morning. You're not staying in the valley. Verse 7 says everyone who makes the journey, every one of them will appear before God. If you're saved, you're on a journey. Remember that. And you're going to appear before God one day. It's, and it doesn't. And notice the verse doesn't say from strength to weakness. It says from strength to strength. Hey, when usually when you're when you're battling in life, it goes from strength to weakness. But God's saying it'll go from strength to strength. 
You'll get wiser. You'll get more deep in God's Word. You'll get more intimate with God. You'll get more closer to that sanctification that God's glory got for you in heaven. Remember, put your focus on what you're going after. This life is a grain of sand on the beaches of this earth. Hey, I might might not be able to tell you why God gave me peace when my grandmother passed away. But what I do know is my grandmother said she was saved. What I do know is my cousin was saved a week before he passed away. So I know when they took their last gasp of breath here in this world, here in the Valley of Baca, in an instant, I said in an instant, in an instant, they made it through their valley and were in glory. They were in glory. They were in glory. They were up there walking on the streets of gold. They were up there, they were up there, Talking to the angels in the angel choir, singing with them. They were up there touring their mansions. They were up there catching up with my uncle, who was paralyzed here in this earth, but now running around with them. They were up there in an instant. Their valley here on earth, what we look at, ends one day. There's salvation for the fallen. That's a reason we should desire the presence of God, because when the presence of God shows up, people can get saved. People can get saved. They were in heaven in an instant. They were taking in the sights and the delights of heaven. Oh, hallelujah, we get to go to heaven one day. We don't get to stay in the valley. We don't get to stay in the valley. They're in the manifest presence of God that will never, ever, ever go away. And can I tell you, they had some hard years. My grandma had to raise five kids on her own. She had them before she was 21. She had some hard years. My cousin, I know he had some hard months. Drinking himself to death and going through depression. He had some hard months. But you know, now they won't have to ever worry about a hard day in heaven. They won't have to worry about a hard second in heaven. They're living in glory. They're living in glory. Aren't you glad that God offers salvation for the fallen? They made it through their valley. Amen. And one day we'll make it through our valley. I'm thankful that God sent His Son for us hell-deserving sinners. Don't, don't deserve to go there. Didn't have to do that. And He said we're children of God and we're made righteous because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. People will get saved because of the presence of God. It's so strong, so convicting to have no other choice. If not, anything, that last reason is enough to desire His presence alone. Seeing other people get saved. That's enough right there to desire His presence. Because when His presence shows up, people get saved. He offers stability for the families and strength for the feeble. There's storms without fear and there's salvation offered for the fallen. So get around the presence and stay in church. It's not about the crowd of people you have. The devil can draw a crowd. It's not about how beautiful the building is. It's all about the manifest presence of the living God. God ain't in it. It don't matter what the church looks like. You may get dragged to the Broadway show. You might get dragged to the football game. But you might walk out and, and you might not even have the desire to go there. But when you walk out of that football game, you might look like football. When you walk out of that Broadway show, your wife might just turns you into a Broadway lover. That's the same way in church. You can not even be desiring the presence of God. And you get in the presence and you walk out of that service desiring you walk into that service saved. You walk into that service surrendered to preach the gospel. That's how God works. 
It's the presence of God that makes those things happen. It's the presence of God that helps you. You can go, when you start, when you go to a church house without a desire and something starts happening around you and you see families go to the altar and they start to, uh, they start to start praying together, getting that stability they need. And you see weak old men starting to jump up and shout. I've seen it. I've seen both of these things I've seen. You see them starting to jump up and shout and get that strength when they're feeble. You see people get up and share their testimonies and how God's been good. God has been good through these storms that they've been in. And then finally, his soul's getting saved left and right. When you get in a service like that, man, God, He shows up and you just, He don't have to say nothing to you. You feel His presence. You feel His presence. You have that desire. And if you're lost, you might walk out a believer. That happened. That's what happened to me in New one. I, I walk in high on marijuana and I see the presence of God just taking place. And I walk out of that service, surrendered to preach the gospel. I didn't go in with the desire, but boy, did I leave with it. You want to know how to get these front row tickets to God's glory? You say, God, we need your mouth. God, we need your hands. God, we need your eyes. God, we need your ears. God, we need your face looking down on us. God, we need your favor. God, we need your precious touch. God, we need your presence. God, we love your presence. God, we desire your presence. But not only should we desire the presence, that's one reason why, uh, how to get those tickets. But number two, we've got to be devoted to pray. Look at verses 8 and 9. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. The psalmist is praying. He's communicating with God. He's urging God for His presence. Now some might have the desire and not the prayer. Some of you in this room might desire God, but have no prayer life. That's true. That's true. Look, you, you know you can just say words and not even be praying. I'm telling you, some of you can have a desire and not the devoted prayer. You can have the desire for the presence, but not devoting yourself to prayer. How does that make sense? If your grandma, if your grandma makes the best chocolate cake and you want it for your birthday party, you're going to ask your grandma for that chocolate cake for the birthday party. I mean, you could hope she bakes it, and she could, who knows? But you don't know for sure. But you know that if you ask, you're going to get it. You know if you ask, you're going to get it. So why should we devote ourselves to prayer? Well, I just told you. I look at verse number 8. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Pray because God listens. He hears you when you pray. Every prayer you pray in your life, He can recite it word by word. Did you know that? He hears your prayers. He hears them. He's omniscient. He hears it all. I'm not saying you always answer, but I am telling you that He will always hear And that's enough right there. The King of Heaven opening up His ear to you, worthless. He's listening to you. That right there is enough to pray. Why is He going to answer it? He's listening. He may answer it, but He ain't going to answer nothing if we don't ask. Pray because God listens. Pray because God listens. We don't need to only worship God for what He's done, but we need to also worship God for who He is. He hears us and He hears us and He hears us. But you don't just hear us. Look at verse 9. Behold, O God, our shield. We should pray because God listens. But we should also pray because God loves. 
How does God being a shield mean He loves us? I mean, how does that mean He loves us? Well, what does a shield do? It protects you. God is our protector. He protects those He loves. We pray because God protects us. The devil is on a leash. He's only letting them go so far. Exodus, hey, claim those promises of God today. Exodus 14, 14 says, The Lord shall fight for you. He'll, walk, he'll, he'll fight for you. You can tag. You, imagine that you're in a boxing ring. You can go over and tag him in. And he'll get in for you. He'll get in the ring for you. Claim those promises. Call on his name. Call on his protection. He protects us. He protects his children from temptation, from danger, from deception, from anger, from stay, straying off course. That's the bit. And you know the biggest thing he protects us from. You know what the biggest thing God protects us from? The fiery wrath of hell. He protects us from hell that we deserve. That's all because of the love he had for us. That's why a shield means love. Because when he protects us from hell, oh boy, does he love us. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Don't forget who you, who you are and don't forget whose you are. You're a child of the living God. And He loves you and He loves you and He loves you. And thirdly, God looks. As you look on verse 9, it says, And look upon the face of thine anointed. The psalmist is praying to God to look upon the face of the anointed. Who is the anointed one? Well, I was reading after J. Vernon McGee. And the Messiah, the Messiah is the anointed one. When you're looking at the anointed one in the Old Testament, they're talking about the Messiah to come. The psalmist is saying, don't look at me, look at Him. Look at what He's done. We should pray because God listens. And we should pray because God loves. But truth be told, we wouldn't even get to come to Him in prayer if God didn't look upon the face of Jesus first. We wouldn't even get to come to Him in prayer if God didn't look. Because Jesus... Became our high priest before God, always making intercession for us. It's because of Jesus' sacrifice that we now no longer depend on earthly priests to come before God. But through Christ, we make directly and boldly approach God's throne with our prayers. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. We're saying, God, look at Jesus. I'm claiming the blood over this situation. God, one of the, uh, one of, uh, Lord, it's because of Jesus I can even come to you and pray. It's because of Him, Lord. Look at Him. In Jesus' name, Lord. Everything I just asked for. In Jesus' name. Look over at Him. And He's going to say, yeah, I paid. I paid for Him. You know, He's sitting at the right hand of God. And every time we pray, He's looking over. He's looking over and saying, should I answer it? He's like, yeah. They've been bought by the blood. They've been bought. You've been bought by the blood if you're saved today. If you're not saved today, man, I encourage you to get saved. Don't wait another day. You could have a stroke and you could have a stroke tonight. You don't know. I can't tell you. But man, God is good. One of the greatest miracles Jesus ever did was make us righteous in the sight of God. He took worthless, hell deserving sinners like us and made us righteous. And we want to get ashamed in public and not pray in public for meals. Or we want or we don't take prayer as the gift He gives us. He give us prayer. It will bring, listen. When you pray, it will bring down the presence of God Almighty. Your greatest ministry is prayer. Because when you pray, God starts working. When you pray, God will work. 
All of our work must be devoted to prayer. Moments before we should start do something in ministry, we should be praying for it. But after, we should pray too. Prayer after is just as important as prayer before. If anything, prayer after is more important. Because that's when the devil starts attacking. When you're on your high horse. When you're full of pride. When you're on your mountaintop. Oh, you better believe he's ready to take you down to that valley. Front row tickets. Do you want a ticket to the glory of God? Front row? Well... Get a desire for His presence and devote yourself to prayer. But lastly, it's the one we fall short on. We've got to have a determination to pursue Him. Verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. This man is determined to pursue God no matter the cost. He said it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to be out in the world for a thousand days. Now, we can't say that now, can we? The congregation looks at their watches, wondering when the preacher's done, wondering when they're going to get out back in the world. They're sa- you know what people like that are doing? They're saying, I hope he hurries up. I've got to get back out in the world. I've got to get back there. This presence don't matter to me. See, listen, you've got to have a desire for the presence. First of all, if they're looking at their watch, they don't have a desire for the presence of God. They're wanting to get out of it. You see what I'm saying? They're wanting to get out of it. And, you know, and, and they definitely don't have a determination to pursue Him. They don't have that determination to pursue Him. They're ready to leave the church. They're ready to go back in the world. But He's saying it's better to be a doorkeeper. Better to be a doorkeeper. Hey, the, the world, they only go to church three times a week, but ready to get out of there. That's not what God intended for the church. They might pray. And they might uh, be seeking His face. But if they don't have a determination to follow, if they don't have a determination to pursue Him, the presence ain't going to come and that they need. Um, I believe some of you might have that first step and even the second step. But that third step is where a lot of Christians, I mean a lot of Christians, I'd say 95% of Christians fall short, is that determination to pursue Him. Determination to pursue Him. Go to wherever He tells you to go. We, we're too, we get caught up on our own pride and say, that position is too good for me. I'm not holding no door open. He said it's better to hold a door uh, one day than to be in the world a thousand days. Be in the palaces a thousand days. A thousand. And it's better to be a door open. Get in that position. Get in that position and say, God, whatever you want me to do. Do you, know that, do, you, do you not know that God's worst is better than the devil's best? God's worst job is the, better than the devil's best job. It's not worth it. I'm going to heaven anyways. I'll just wait for heaven. Yeah, but don't you want to go to heaven in the path God designed you to get there? You know God has a pathway to heaven? He's designed a pathway for you to get there? And we want to take our own path. He has a path for you. Look at verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. Follow God because He has the guidance He gives. The guidance He gives. What does the sun and shield have to do with the guidance? Well, we've done talk about the shield. That shield means protection. But the sun means blessing. Light to direct you. God's a sun that lights our path. A sun for happy days and a shield for dangerous ones. A sun above and a shield that surrounds. A sun to show the way and a shield to clear the path. God has a path designed just for you to glory. Follow Him for that reason alone. The Lord will give grace and glory, it says in verse uh, number 11. 
Not only should we be determined to pursue because of the guidance He gives, but what about the grace He gives? Grace is something that God will give and not sell. You must buy your front row tickets to your favorite singer. You must buy your front row tickets to that favorite team of yours. But the God that flicked the stars off His fingers and carved the mountains with His fingers and that God that breathed the breath of life in you, He gives you grace. It's free. It's not only grace, but glory, it says. Grace and glory. Charles Spurgeon says this. There's a quote, here's a quote from him. Grace is God's first gift. And glory is His last gift. Glory never comes without grace coming first. But grace never comes without glory coming last. Aren't you glad for the grace of God? And ain't you glad for the glory of God this morning? Pursue God for that alone. You don't deserve heaven. Pursue God by doing what He tells you to do. That front row ticket I've been talking about is sure to come your way if you do what God tells you to do. But lastly, notice this, the goodness He gives. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. There's more grace for God to give us and more grace for us to receive. There are thousands of mercies, thousands, millions actually, I believe, that we do not enjoy. Not because they're withheld, but because we don't take them. God don't withhold no good thing from... At verse 11, oh, I love that verse. He don't withhold nothing good from us. Nothing. And that word nothing literally means nothing. It means nothing. God always has more for us. We tell Him no and miss out on quite a bit. I always say if Jonah would have been obedient to God, we might have had a Jonah 1 and a Jonah 2 in the Bible. If Peter didn't deny Jesus three times, he may have gotten to live to old age like John. We miss out on blessings for disobeying God, but we also need to understand there are curses for disobeying God. We, not, we, might, not, we might lose a family member. We might go through struggles because of our disobedience. No good thing on earth has been withheld from us. All we have to do is just take them. Say, yes, God, I'll do what you need me to do. And He's got a lot of good things for you. A lot of good things. The only way to humble yourself is to die to self. We all have spiritual gifts, but not a lot of us are using them. What are you doing right now to help your ministry? What are you doing? I want you to ask yourself, everyone in this room, ask yourself right now, what am I doing to help my ministry? What am I doing? What am I doing? See what God tells you. And if you say, if, if the answer come back in your head, well, I don't really have a ministry. I don't, you have a church. I don't have, I don't, I don't really have nothing I can work for God with. Well, let me tell you something. You better find a ministry for God to do for God. Better find one. God's got one for everybody. He doesn't just forgive your sins from hell and save you from hell, but He gives you gifts too. That's another good thing right there that God does. He gives us gifts. And we need to use them. Every member is a minister and every saint is a servant. Your church will get a ticket or your ministry will get a ticket to the glory of God when the church starts doing their part. Does the church desire God's presence? Does the church devote themselves to prayer? And is the church determined to pursue God whenever and wherever He asks? Some people can be saved 50 years and not even know the presence of God. Because they've been blinded by the great deceiver that walks these, this world right here. They've been blinded. They don't even know the presence of God like I do. You know, and I'm serious. At my church, I tell them these stories. And it's like it goes in one ear and out the other. They don't even know the presence of God. I'm 27 years old. I didn't know it. I didn't know it for 25 years. 25 years, I didn't know it. And I wouldn't have known it if I wouldn't have listened to God. Listen to God and you'll, you'll find His presence. Listen to Him. 
You say, I'm a winner. I'm happy. The Spirit is with me. Spirit-filled people don't want it their way. They want it God's way. They're not, they're not people pleasers. They're God pleasers. They do as God wants. You say, I'm good. God knows my heart. God knows I'm trying. Can I tell you, good men fall too. Victorious men can be defeated. Look at Solomon. Wisest man on earth. But ended his life in sin. Lost it all. Kingdom got split in two. Do you want to make today count? Make today count on your walk to God through eternity? On the pathway? Make today count. Wake up and say, God, I want to make today count. Think of eternity. Do as God asked and get that determination to pursue Him and only, only Him. And in closing, I want to read that final verse in the psalm. That final verse right there. Matter of fact, I want us to all bow our heads. Every one of us, bow our heads. And in that final verse, it says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in Thee. And I want to ask this morning, have you trusted in Him? If you're lost in sin today, and know you're headed to a place called hell, it's as easy as asking. Knowing, God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I know I need You. I'm hell deserving. I need to ask You in my life. I'm going to turn from my sin. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. When you trust God, you turn from your wicked ways. If you're sitting here saved, have you trusted Him with your life? If you've only trusted, if you've truly trusted, you've turned from what you did before and repented, and you've given Him your life if you're saved today. Have you truly trusted Him in, in the terms of giving Him your life? Have you trusted God with your life? Are you determined to follow Him wherever He asks? Whenever, whenever He asks, think about what all He's done in your life. Let those memories flood your mind right now. What all has God done for you? What all has He done for you? All He's brought you out of. You might think it was just you, but only God should get the glory for the things He's done in your life. And that's everything. Have you devoted your time to pray to Him daily? Asking for things? Thanking Him for things? Asking Him if there's anything you can do for Him? I mean, we ask Him to do a lot for us. Have you ever asked Him to do, if there's anything you could do for Him? Because that's where true revival comes. Do you desire His presence? That's when the glory of heaven is spilled out. God even tells us this in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people, which are called by name, shall humble themselves. Hey, that's a determination to follow. And pray. That's devoting yourself to prayer. And seek my face. That's desiring His presence. And turn from their wicked ways. That's trusting in Him. Then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. No amount of talking I can do can bring your presence. I want you to understand that. I can't save no one. I can't bring God's manifest presence down. It has to be within you. You want a front row ticket to the glory of God? Do these things. Don't just live these things. Don't just, don't just be hearers of the Word. Be doers of the Word. Today might be your day. You have that transformation. That light bulb might go off. And you might start living for God and desiring His manifest presence. Every time you go to a class or service, go in desiring the presence of the Lord. Pray before the service for the presence of the Lord. Be determined to do whatever the Lord tells you during the service. Then I promise God will come down and give you a ticket to glory. Let us get a glimpse. Let us get a glimpse of who God is.